Hey everybody, this is Brett, one of your hosts. Welcome to Broadcast from the Dispatch, an indie comic podcast brought to you by the Indie Comics Dispatch. The Indie Comics Dispatch is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to bringing you news, reviews, and more information about indie comics. As a nonprofit organization, we couldn't do much without our supporters. First of all, I want to thank our patrons. You too can become a patron of Indie Comics Dispatch by going to patreon.com slash Indie Comics Dispatch. That's comics with an X. Uh, there you can sign up for as little as $3 a month and really help us continue to pay the bills and bring you new information on the world of indie comics also i want to thank our sponsor comics wellspring guys if you need a comic book printed if you need any print product done comics wellspring is the place to get it done from very competitive prices to top-notch customer service comics wellsprings has it all please check them out and if you need any of their services contact them today at comics again comics with an x comicswellspring.com and without any further ado, here's this week's episode of Broadcasts from the Dispatch. Hey everybody, this is Brett with the Indie Comics Dispatch, and broadcasting from an undisclosed location deep within the Milky Way galaxy, this is Broadcast from the Dispatch. Good evening. I, I was waiting for you to say sir. I was looking for the like <laughs> sir. It's an official title. Good uh, evening. I own it. Sir. <laughs> What's going on, Brett? How are you Not doing? Much. I, I was just thrown back because before we did the intro countdown and intro, you didn't have glasses on and now you do, and it's like Clark Kent Superman. I totally didn't recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, so as we were talking about before, the character Kyle does not wear glasses uh, and he can see perfectly. I, on the other hand, cannot. Uh, so I got tired of squinting. <laughs> I just, I was not going to torture myself uh, all day doing this and be looking at our guests like they're not there. It's going to be awkward. So uh, I decided to forego that. Well, good. Good for you for choosing uh, your eye health over a character. Yeah. Trying, trying, man. So <laughs> I'm going to jump in, right? Because yeah. I'm super proud of this. Okay. How is your day going? And do you have anything awesome to tell mm. our viewers out there? Just a few things. Um, yeah, my day's going great. Um, we launched Immortella in blah, Immortalis what? Part what? One campaign. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was looking at too many words at the same time. Um, and we launched it this morning at 9 a.m. Eastern, and we're already over 50% to goal. Um, over $1,250. And so, um, hey, if you guys are out there watching this um, and want to and want to back the campaign, I'm going to drop the link in the chats. 
Um, awesome, awesome. I'm gonna say that this is the next piece of the Wingverse. Uh, obviously, you guys have been in this in this journey with me and with us, uh, and so we've dropped Justice One through Three, um, which will be going to print really soon, guys. I'm sorry for the wait. Uh, we also have Nightfall one through five, which will also be going to print really soon. So again, sorry for the wait, but you guys should have them uh, within the month. We're going to start getting those out. And Immortalis is the next big thing. Uh, it kind of reveals a lot of or will reveal a lot of the history of the wingless universe and kind of open up a lot of storytelling threads that are going to be really, really fun to tie up. So I'm super happy that we're at 50%. Man, I'm super proud yeah. of Brett. And I can uh, report that Brett annoyed the shit out of me. Just like I do him for every campaign. So this is not just a me thing. This is a this is what Kickstarter does. To <laughs> this is a wingless Kickstarter thing. Right. Um, yeah, Brian was like, um, Brett, you need to chill out. I was like, I'm acting just like you before every single campaign, Brian. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't yeah. really realize it until that moment where you're like, chill. I was like, fuck, I've turned into Brian. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. Uh, and we have, we're going to have our guests are, are well-versed in Kickstarter as well. And I think we all go through it where um, that, that imposter syndrome kind of sets in or yeah. hey, am I prepared enough? Have I done enough? Because there are so many things in the background you have to do to run a successful campaign. So um, I know that it gets tired. Something gets hard. And sometimes when you're dealing with yourself, all you have is yourself. There's no, you, you, you yeah. just have no barometer of what the world feels like. So um, you're just sitting there stewing in it and like yeah. <laughs> everything, everything. Yeah. So yeah, but, but over 50%, um, that's where I wanted to be at the close of today. And that's where we're at. And maybe, maybe before I go to bed, we'll get a few more uh, pledges. in. so awesome. that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. It will be great. So pledge, pledge, pledge. If you guys are there again, it's going to be a worthy campaign. We only do pre-orders and stuff. So, uh, I can't wait for you guys to see the story. It's going to be pretty damn dope. And perfect segue right here. The Immortals campaign will be printed by the Indie Comics Dispatch sponsor, Comics Wellspring. So um, it's printing and distributing uh, via Comics Wellspring. And we are so happy to have Comics Wellspring as a sponsor of Indie Comics Dispatch. We will actually have more information from them a little bit later on in the show. So stay tuned for a special um, uh I like it. The little commercial that we show every every week. It's actually, um, I like that commercial too, man. It's, yeah, uh, yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. So, um, but we have guests this evening. It's not just us talking about Immortalis. Um, do you want to introduce our guests and tell us kind of what we're talking about this evening? Oh, and I'll yes. pop up on screen for you as you introduce. Yeah, that would be awesome. So, um, Unlikely Hero Studios is publishing a five e D and D style um, adventure by some really, really great masterminds. It's new territory one for uh, Unlikely Hero Studios because they have mainly been a comic studio uh, before this, but they are taking the role-playing, the tabletop RPG world by storm with this Black-owned, Black-created uh, offering called The Sundering. Uh, it's it's written by, and the brainchild of two men, uh, Damien Poitier and Hannibal Taboo both of which I am very, very pleased to say that I am, I'm getting to know better and Hannibal and I have, have interacted before. So Damien Poitier is a, an actor and stuntman. He's been in Avengers and True Blood and just a bunch of things. And it's kind of funny when you go back, I'm a cinephile, so I go back and I see stuff and I'm like, oh, oh, there he is. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> now I know him, actually. So it's actually pretty dope. And, and Hannibal has won the Top Cow writing contest, and 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 he's written for a bunch of different things, Bleeding Cool among them, and uh, all-around good guy. 
Uh, so it's great to be working with them. And last but certainly not least, the herder of cats, the wrangler of these crazy minds, Lori Foster from Unlikely Hero Studios. I was going to say, you can just leave me back there. They can talk like they're in charge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we heard before the, before the show that you keep them from giving spoilers. So we may just remove you so that we can get spoilers. <laughs> right. <laughs> when you say them, you mean... If you're going to bring the facts into this, none of this is going to be right. Well, guys, welcome. Uh, when when Brian asked about, because Brian's kind of part of the team of this too, he didn't really introduce himself, um, but he he has brought it all to my attention. And um, when he said, "Hey, can we can we have the the crew on to broadcast from Dispatch?" One, I was like, "Yes, of course," because uh, he and I have been talking about some different gaming stuff for the show anyway. So this is perfect, and um, I can't wait to hear more. I, I've poured over the Kickstarter page, and so. Um, Let's hear just about the project from whoever wants to go first. What was the genesis of it? Um, and how, how did you go from this idea to actual to actually making the, the, the game? Is that is that the proper? I mean, because it's a campaign. It's a campaign set. OK, campaign it's set. The, it's the terminology you're looking for. Yes. Uh, well, I was just talking with uh, Hannibal and I was like, man, you know, there's I love I've always been a huge fantasy fan. I've always been a huge, you know, just genre fan. And most of the offerings don't come from a place that uh, kind of centralizes my POV where I can see what's going on. And I was like, it'd be cool to have a fantasy setting that kind of had more of a, of a POV that uh, I might identify with. And I was like, yeah, that would be a cool idea. And Hannibal's like, and I'm like, yeah, we should probably do something. And I'm like, yeah, I would, you know, I would, I would really love to do something. We should, we should put something together. And he's like, here. And I'm like, <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> Emails happening. I'm meeting Lori, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And you know, my life is 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 ridiculously crazy all the time. And uh, you know, they're like, hey, uh, this happened, and I'm like, oh, oh, good, okay, yeah, no, oh, so yeah, it's been a lot of, of of amazing, shocking things happening to me, and and I'm just I'm loving it, and it's 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 you know, I'm I'm finally getting a breath where I can get a little bit more in the creative process. There was a lot of chatting in the beginning about what I was kind of thinking I wanted to see. And then Hannibal was like, well, what if you saw this? I was like, well, that's it. <laughs> before, before this clown gets out of control, first of all, first of all, I have to talk about the opening sequence because when the opening sequence rolled, I was like, am I on CNN? What is this? <laughs> this ain't no Saw team. This is a real crap. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Damien is drastically underselling the importance and the creativity that he's brought to bear in races like the Vengi, in the class, the battle magi, the subclass that he made up completely by himself without me being involved at all in a lot of the ideas that he brought forth in business requirements for what we would need to put in this for it to you know, achieve what he was trying to accomplish, which would be a game where he would feel comfortable walking around playing it. I just happened to have a few things leftover from my mud days when I played muds in college on Telnet. And, you know, it, it all went together in a very smooth way. That's awesome. Now, now I do feel we jumped right in and I failed to recognize. Um, Brian and Lori, you guys want to tell us what's going on with your um, outfits there? <laughs> <laughs> so when Lori, <laughs> like, I don't know, I guess right? every day. 
Lori originally approached me about the project. She was like, hey, Brian, I got something you might be interested, in, but like no pressure. And do you want to do it? And she was very humble and quiet about it. And then she said two names. She said their names. And I was like, yes, but I don't even know what it is yet. But yeah, let's do this. Um, and then she told me it was an RPG. And so I was like, oh, as soon as she said it was an RPG, then I was like, I want a character in there. Like, what does it take <laughs> to get me into this game? So I think that that goes right in line with what Damien wanted, you know, from the outset of being able to kind of see yourself. Uh, and I make no secret that obviously I started with novel writing. Um, my favorite character, the one character that I literally say that I am is Kyle Hunter from my Ascension novels. And um, <laughs> so here he is. Uh, Laurie requested the hat. And if you bring in the hat, man, you got to go full regalia. I got to I got to look I like agree. a lord if I'm going to look like a lord. Right. <laughs> and since that happened, I was like, well, you got to be a typhling again, because I feel like Laurie is a typhling sells books. <laughs> and I was like, sure, I'll be stained red for another three to four days. <laughs> Get weird looks at the grocery store. <laughs> you wear it well. You wear it very well. Right. Thank you. All right. Well, I mean, Brian, you said something about selling books. I mean, the Sundering right now is at over $25,000 on Kickstarter, 327 backers with 22 days left to go. Right. Like, holy shit. Talk about seeing a need and filling it, Damien. How, how incredible is this? Um, I'm blown away. I'm, I mean, you know, obviously... Lori's got the Kickstarter game, Kickstarter game unlocked. She knows exactly what she's doing. She knows the P's and Q's, how to uh, cross the I's and dot the T's, as it were. And uh, you know, she just she's it, the campaign's amazing, and I'm just like still like, oh, th this is <laughs> this is happening. Look, look at it. It's happening. It's ha it's happening like really like wow. <laughs> so cool. It's so cool. So um. Lori, why don't you tell us a little bit about the campaign page here and what people can can expect and what people can get? Um, and I'll just kind of scroll through it. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, we have, of course, the main campaign book, the Sundering book. Uh, we got we're getting custom dice made for this campaign. Uh, you That's can't so get cool. these anywhere else. Uh, Q Workshop is working on those. They did uh, the Witcher dice, among other kind of like famous custom dice. Um, we have a collector's box that'll have maps inside of it and all kinds of cool stuff. And we have, of course, a cameo tier, which is kind of crazy. And I'm still claiming that nobody else is doing it. I don't care if they are. We're the only ones doing that. You can pay to have us create a character, create art for that character, and a stat sheet and a backstory. And it's going in the book so that everyone who's playing this can see your character as an NPC. That's really cool. Yeah. And then, of course, we have uh, two tiers available, one with Jordan Lambert and one with Hannibal, where you can play a six-session game with them. And Real quick, fingers, fingers crossed, uh, we are still kind of working it out. The game with Jordan and possibly with Hannibal should be on Q-Times. Um, TTRPG Twitch channel, which is a oh, very, cool. very popular Twitch channel uh, for TTRPGs. Uh, Jordan already runs Blackness and Dragons out of that channel, so you might just be her next uh, season, season her season four or five of that. That's really cool. That's really cool. And and those are those tiers are still available, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. They're still. That's slow. awesome. 
Brian, I'll turn it over to you for a little bit here. So, well, I I know some of the things intimately. So when when Damien said that, you know, as soon as he mentioned something to Hannibal, like that went on. Like I've seen that happen in the in the early morning hours uh, of text between Hannibal and Lori and myself. So what was the creative process kind of between you guys bouncing that off? Because you do have busy schedules and, and you're creating this entire world uh, within a world. Well, um, I come from the world of project management. So I come from a world of enormously brilliant and important people who have got about like five minutes to talk to me. Uh, so that fit me very well to be able to work with Damon because <laughs> his whole life. So he gave me some parameters and I said, oh, okay. And then I wrote probably, I don't know, 13,000 words. And then he says, okay, but I need these parameters to kind of come around here. I'm like, sure, no problem. And that tosses on another 15,000 words and so on and so forth as we uh, proceed along that line. Um, I'm creating a space that, uh, uh, you know, from, from, for me, gives the open world feeling of a Grand Theft Auto game because that's like some of my favorite games, except I'm doing it with, you know, swords and sorcery and whatnot, dragons and, you know, magic and what have you. Damien. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Couching what you've written in the guise of Grand Theft Auto is a is a drastic misservice. It is not Grand Theft Auto. It is it more. It is it is more. I would have to say, when I can remember it, because I've now blanked on it. <laughs> it's more GOT, way more GOT than it is Grand Theft Auto. Thank you very much. I just I remember lots of times when I would play and I would just get in the car and drive. I wouldn't do any missions at all. I would just get, I would just go. I'd be like, Ooh, what's over here? I'm gonna go look at this. And that's we've got something called the Path of Wonder that provides for that. Whereas, like, you just want to see super interesting, weird stuff, and yeah, I I, I just like that. So, um, yeah, I appreciate the compliment. I was I, my my knowledge of gaming may not be uh, as as comprehensive as your own uh, in this regard. So, I just I went with I want to have a sword, but I, sometimes I just want to go around and check out what's there. You know, there's just stuff to do. So, so Breath of the Wild maybe is a good. Mm. Big open world. Yeah. Not that I don't like Grand Theft Auto. I love GTA, but well, no, there's nothing wrong with Grand Theft Auto. It just it just couches it into a very very different place than where we are. Yeah, right. I gotta, there's, um, there's no lore in Grand Theft Auto, and there's no. a mountain there's, of lore here. Yeah, there's a, there's a mountain. There's a mountain range. <laughs> so yeah, and it's you know, and it, and it was. It was very important to both of us that it was something where everyone, you know, could find a place. Like any character, any character you want to play, any, you know, anything you want to play, anything you wanted to do would have a place. Not only have a place, but have a place where it was home. You know, everything has a, not, everything's not only exists, but everything has a home mm. in, in the nation, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's just not something I have had a lot of experience with seeing. Uh, admittedly, I've been quite busy the last few years, so my experiences in doing things as opposed to being a part of the process of making things has been uh, not as as much as it had been. I've been, you know, doing a lot more outputting content than intaking it. But what I've been intaking has not been what I wanted to see. Mm-hmm. This is something I very much wanted to see, and Hannibal was like, <laughs> "What I do?" It's it's been it's been quite a ride. It's been incredible, and uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't awesome. know if you guys have noticed. I'm a little bit excited about this set. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So, yeah, good. From from a player standpoint, uh, if you're a brand new player to to tabletop role playing games, can you can you easily fit into this? Can you can you easily pick this up and take take it away? Fun story about that. To figure out what I was doing, I picked two groups of people to play test and essentially use as you know experiments. Uh, one was a group of people at my job uh, who I tricked my boss into saying I was doing team building exercises. <laughs> and she let me put that on my performance nice. goals. And it actually got me a bonus. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> and then a group of uh, just random people that, you know, I knew uh, through a Facebook group. And of them, of the 10 people that I was testing, only two of them have ever played D&D before. Uh, but all of them got into their characters. They got a chance to understand what they were doing, what they wanted. And, and they really like started to the point where one character started like every week, the character had a white coat on. So every week, no matter how hot it was, this clown was showing up on a, a Google Meet stream with this white <laughs> coat because they were in character. They were, they were there to do what they were doing. And for me, that was enormously gratifying to see. It was very uh, enjoyable for me to learn how people got into the game and even when, like, say, for instance, uh, a new player for me as a DM, they don't know the spell. So I'm like, all right, it's a PDF with their sheet. I'll just add more to the PDF with their spells. That's fast enough. I don't need to worry about that. Um, and, and just getting people going on this system is very easy because I don't change any of the structural rules of fifth edition. It's about the story. It's about feeling, as Damien said, comfortable in the campaign setting. Like, oh, wait, okay, here's where people are like me. And if I don't want to do that, I can also venture out into other lands. Very cool. Very cool. Coming from a World of Warcraft base, right? And um, not as much D&D, but, you know, uh, the MMO space. Um, I found that it was interesting that you have a dedicated barbershop. So uh, for people who don't know, if you get a, a barbershop in, in World of Warcraft for most... RPG game. It's not a barbershop. It's just where you go change your kind of your entire look. Uh, but the cultural significance of a barbershop is much different. So can you guys kind of elaborate on the emotional significance and, and cultural significance of a barbershop within this 5E space and world? You want to take that deep? Because you had a great line about it. Well, you know, it's uh, keep your edges clean and your, and your armor buffed, you know, so you got to <laughs> <laughs> love it. I say with really, really unclean edges. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm a hot mess. I'm a hot it's COVID, mess. y'all. It's COVID. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's just kind of um, you know through it uh, being clean is and or keeping your appearance in a certain manner is a is a large part of our culture in a lot of ways. You know, uh, or, or how you present yourself, what you, how you decide to present yourself. So having a place to and, and you know it's 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 where you learn. It's actually going to be more informative than like the tavern <laughs> to go Love to the bar and get information. You know, it's where you find out what's going on. It's where you find out who's doing what. It's it's just a you know for for the community. It's it's a place where you know it's it's your church. It's your tavern. It's your uh, meetup spot. It's you know it, everything. It's it's a place where you get you know you get cleaned up. So. Having having something like that represented in a five E space is is going to provide a, a you know a, a home, but also a very b- different feel 
that some people have not experienced or had the opportunity to experience. So I'm looking very forward to getting any feedback we get about how that plays out. What I noticed in playtesting, because one of my players uh, was very adamant that her character, she wanted to be a half orc, half cyclops. I was like, all right, whatever, I can bike that up. But she wanted to have this gigantic afro with one of the eyes, uh, because it's a cyclops, one of the eyes in the back of the afro. So it was only visible when she combed her hair or did cornrows around it. Most of the time, she couldn't see out of it. Sure, why not? So, <laughs> it sounds uh, more like an Oni than a cyclops. But her dad, the character's dad's a cyclops. Moving on. So when she's going through something and she's like, uh, she got sprayed by acid or something. And she's like, oh no, my hair. What am I going to do? I'm like, well, you can uh, ask around, see if any, there's anything to do about that. Because I wasn't just going to give it to her. So she rolled an investigation check and she found this place edges over by the Western Wall. And it was, and she was like, oh my God, this place. And, ooh. <laughs> I'm uh, sorry, my daughter's doing something. Uh, I, and yeah, I'm, she was like really excited to see her own experience reflected in what was happening in the game. That was a really big deal for her. And I, I was, for me as a DM, it was very encouraging to see. And it super got her into the character. That's really cool. That's really cool. I'm going to um, just pause for a moment and uh, show our sponsor spot, Comics Wellspring, if you need comic books printed. They print just about everything. They're a full-service uh, print shop, and they will fulfill your campaign for you also. Um, check them out, comicswellspring.com. Here's their spot. What does it mean to feel inspired? To be moved. To be awed. To feel creative. Inspiration. It motivates us. It encourages us to create something epic. And the best part of it all is that it's all around us. Inspiration creates inspiration. Bring your stories to life and inspire your world. Print your comic books with Comics Wellspring. We thank Comics Wellspring for being a huge supporter of not only Indie Comics Dispatch, but the entire Indie Comic community also. And great people there. Back to the Sundering. First of all, Andre says, hey, everyone. <laughs> hey, Andre. So I think that's really cool. I, 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 the barbershop was something I didn't really know about. Um, and so hearing about that is so cool. The different aspects that you guys have worked in that um, uh, non-people of color just wouldn't even think to address. And that's really what you get when you have um, when you guys are creating for people like you. Um, so that's really cool. Um, what else is there within the game that helps reflect um, that experience? Uh, well, we did we unlock Lori? Did we unlock the Oath of Invocation Paladin subclass? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, so there's a, a Paladin subclass which I jokingly call the Polymorph Paladin, um, which is very heavily based in Ifa spirituality, which is the uh, Yoruba mm -hmm. religion of Nigeria. So I spent probably about 45 minutes on the line with a uh, Ifa priest who's a good friend of my family, mm -hmm. uh, making sure I got all the details right, making sure that all the words were spelled right, the pronunciations were right, whatever. Because I always say, 
if you can spell, uh, uh, if you can say Igadrasil, you can say Orunrumat. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm making sure that I get those details right and making sure that it properly reflects as best as I can within a fantasy setting, the culture therein. Um, that kind of detail, that kind of specificity, I believe is very important to the work and to making sure that we, uh, as noted, leave room at the table for everyone. That's really cool. I thought Damien was going to say something. It looked like he had the he had his eyebrows up. Oh, he's got something to say. Just, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to run over anybody, or you know. But, I mean, but it's 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 interesting because when you're when you're creating, uh, when you, especially when you're creating something that's kind of what's where the cultural specific, hmm. you know, it's if if different POVs are going to have a different view on how that goes. You know, or what what needs to be included, or what's important. It's always easier for someone who's actually a part of the culture to be able to tell what what are important keystones. You know, and and it's like I see a lot of things that I'm watching or, or reading or you know, and taking in some while, and I'll be like, oh, this is cool, this is cool, and then I just have a ah, moment. Miles you Morales know? is Thor. Mm. <laughs> Why? Why would you do that? I had to. You started. You said. Why would you bring that up in polite company? Look, I I had to. I I felt. I felt the need. (laughs) (laughs) So you guys remember? I'm going to age myself maybe a little bit here. You guys remember that movie Hollywood Shuffle? Robert Townsend. I definitely felt like that was. That was the comic version of Hollywood Shuffle. Like they Camel only gave Wall, Miles Camelot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like it was every cringy, bad, stereotypical let me, line you could let me, think let me of. Sideline for a second, because this is a comic show. Miles Morales is problematic in general. What is Miles's thing? He's a second or third Spider-Man, or more yeah. than that. That's Spider-Man. That's not Miles Morales. Peter Parker is a scientist. Steve Rogers is an author. I mean, he's an artist. You know, all of these characters have something that they do that informs their process and to how they are the characters and, and what, what makes them them. Miles Morales is like, I have culture that you're not going to see. And that's it. Yeah. Obviously, in, in, the, in, the, um, in the movie... They managed to bring in the artwork and the graffiti, which was nice. They kind of they, they kind of put a little homing into it, and then uh, I don't know what they did on that Thor thing because then they tried it. Any no, um, but it's it's like it it's once again that's the thing where you create a character and it's like oh cool look he looks like us and he's you know in our space and everything like that. But what represents what part of us does he represent? And there's there's inherent in the character there's there's nothing mm-hmm. you know it's really cool it's awesome to see i love him i read all the stuff i can about him but i don't know who miles is besides a a, a brown spider-man and mm-hmm. I, I feel like he needs to and, and some of the other some of the stuff is starting to bring out more and more of, of who you but like it was a long time where he was just you know the black kid who wears the spider-man costume and it's like that's not that's not enough it's not a character. Mm-hmm. I think that brings up an interesting conversation piece about inclusivity, though, right? Because you're going to get, Absolutely. on one hand, you're going to get 
oh, you should not, you know, you shouldn't race swap characters or gender swap characters or whatever, right? And then they'll bring out examples like a Miles Morales or someone who might be popular but lacks character, right? A lot of times with race swap characters or changes, they lose their character depth as yeah. opposed to your normal legacy character that gets to continue that. Like Wally West gets to have character depth even though he's not the first Flash. Uh, you don't get that agency a lot of times from your, even when they brought out, uh, who was it? Uh, oh, well, they did the second Wally West, you know, in the new 52 where he was black. Wallace. Yeah, he was he was yeah. black, but again, what was the character death? Yeah, well, I mean, Barry Allen's not even the first class. If you really want to be real about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, but it's but yeah, it, it's they have they have it was um it's interesting because you know just talk about popular media, uh, like Stranger Things. Uh, homie had a high top fade. Where you get it? Where was he getting cut? <laughs> in Hawkins. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. You telling me you're in the suburbs of America in the '80s and nobody's playing any hip hop? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there there are definitely challenges with a lot of these people who won't pay us. But uh, <laughs> I, I take my I take my my instruction from my mentor Jeff Thorne, who has a, a very clear mantra: make new things. And instead of making a derivative of something else, so I'm going to make the fifteenth version of this same intellectual property that you've seen. So I won't get paid from it because it's under the same derivative creation uh, uh, laws therein. I'm going to make something brand new. Uh, the difference being that in many of these big company circumstances you see, you can make something new, but you won't have this promotional support. You won't have the retailer support. You won't have the, the business side behind the idea of you making something new, which is why I was so grateful for the opportunity to work with Lori, because she's like, let's skip the middleman and go directly to people. Let the people speak. And thus far, uh, what's the number? How many backers? Uh, thus far, uh, 327 people have spoken with their wallets saying, Let's do this. And that 330 is, now. Thank you for correcting me. 330. <laughs> um, that, you know, the things we're concerned about, we can, we have now the democratization of information with the internet, the ability to create outside of that. Uh, uh, there's a woman named C. Spike Trotman, who I think is an absolute genius, who's made so much, she's made millions of dollars crowdfunding and has never been you know, very, she's never worked at Marvel. She's never worked at DC and she's never tried. She's never been interested in it because she's built her own house. And when she's at her own house, she says who sits at the table. And that's kind of what we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Let's talk about um, kind of a hard left, but still, I want to make sure we get this in, Lori, <laughs> um, <laughs> about... Going from you guys have done primarily comic book stuff. So I know a lot of people out there, I hear all the time from indie comic creators who have this idea for a game or, or have, have this idea. How difficult was it for going from your comic book kind of normal production into a game production mode for you, unlike the Hero Studios as an as a organization? That's a good question. Um, easy for us. Uh, just because, like, I've played D and D for twenty years, uh, and DM'd and played, uh, and a few of the other close members of UHS have as well. Um, and we have, you know, Hannibal's guidance and Damien's guidance as well. And like, it's 
I'm kind of just using a similar tack as we would in comics, but we're it, it it's the same kind of thing. You have a team, you have writers, you have editors, you have an artist, and you're working. You have to work in a synergy to create something that looks really awesome. Um, I guess the main thing that's new for us is is getting mechanics involved in it and making sure that the mechanics uh, balance. So we don't have anything too over or underpowered, uh, and and that's been kind of cool. Um, and uh, we have, uh, I'm having a brain fart. <laughs> Ian Eller uh, found us on Facebook and suggested he actually worked for Savage Worlds. He's been working, he's been doing mechanics for RPGs for decades, and he was like, "I would love to help you guys. Just make sure everything's balanced mechanics wise." And I was like, "Awesome." <laughs> so yeah everything's just it's 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 fun to work on uh i kind of like the design aspect of of lining up text and 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 lining up images and making them look like a dnd book that's really fun for me i don't know if it is for other people but <laughs> i can see it i could get into that yeah <laughs> that's yeah. awesome so yeah so it's, it's fun you also mentioned art who's the artist on 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 this book um, so we have three artists currently, and we might have more coming in uh, and participating. Uh, Mooney Art, uh, John Kutzer, and Katie Rooston. And they're all kind of working on different aspects like character art versus environment art versus specific kinds of pieces. Um, yeah, so very cool. we have all three of them kind of working in harmony. It's pretty fun. But more importantly, who did the Kyle Hunter picture? Because I know that's what Brian Brian wants to talk about. Now I'm just joking. <laughs> I already know. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that one was John Kutzer. Uh, John Kutzer has, and it's one of the reasons why I hired him. He has a really big background in HEMA. He he loves doing sword fighting, and he's really familiar with weapons and armor. Uh, so he loves painting weapons and armor. And I was like, come on. <laughs> This is perfect for so, you, man. Yeah, he took uh, Brian's kind of design and made it real. Made it. Made it I, much I love better. It, it's epic. <laughs> I, won't, I didn't want to say it, but you know. Yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. I looked at the. He had the design on the interior of the coat. I think I screamed at Lori about it. I was like, "Look at the coat!" Oh yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Right? <laughs> There's something crazy about when you you know you like in in seeing seeing your something in your mind come to life or something that you kind of designed in, in another medium switching into, you know, a different, it's, it's so like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's such a, a wonderful, like, especially when it's, it's nailed, like when you, when you, and when, and, and to see somebody like when you see an artist or, or, or another writer bring something that you hadn't even thought about that enriches something, an idea you had, you're just like, <laughs> it's just yes. something immensely pleasing about the collaborative, uh, the collaborative process of, of of seeing these things evidence and seeing them realized and seeing them super realized. Because, like I said, I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. Wow, that's it. Yes. Why didn't we do that? You know. Yeah. So it's it, and, and and everybody and it's always it's always uh, we're always happy. You know that that nobody wants. It's not like oh no, it has to be like this. It's like oh wow, that's that's actually better than what I was doing. Yeah, no, no, do that. Forget what I was. You know. <laughs> You know, like, hey, you should never mind. You don't, right? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to stop the win here. Go ahead and so love that pro part of the cooperative process of uh, creating things like this. 
I also want to shout yeah. out um, Hannibal in that regard as well, right? So not only did I, I, again, I'm very fortunate to be in this space. One is Wingless Comics, two is myself, three is a person who gets to contribute to this book. So when I approached Lori, I was like, hey, I want a character. And she was like, let me see what you what, what, what I can do. And I think within a half hour, Hannibal had contacted me, had emailed me, hey, you got anything? And I just dropped like the name and I dropped the picture. And he was like, nah, give me some, give me something, right? Like, and I think we had two or three emails back and forth. And the reason I want to shout out Hannibal is because, well, anybody that knows me knows this is true. This is also my Hannibal, me and Hannibal's first interaction. And as he made the character sheet and he sent it back, one thing that's very unique uh, with these characters is they have a flaw, which I think is an awesome mechanic, right? Like that's a, mm-hmm. because you don't get that in, in other RPGs. Your, your character just does what they do and they don't take any, you know, there's no, there's no minus to your character. Um, so it was so good. The flaw that he created for Kyle was so good. Like I sent it to my family and they were like, damn, how long have you known this guy? And I was like, four days. Is uh, it so arrogance? It's, it's <laughs> close, close. <laughs> Stubbornness, bro. Yeah, yeah. I was like, okay, well, well, that's fair. We're not going to argue about that. And uh, so, even the so obviously me, right? Like I'm stubborn, but so is the character within the novel series, which is something that Hannibal would know because he didn't read the novels, and that's not information that I gave him, right? I just gave him a write up. So, um, the time and the care that the team is taking to do this book is is evident in each piece that comes out. And obviously I got a little bit of background information on it, but it's it's very true. And I'm not saying that because I have to. It's it's, it's what's there. So you would totally recommend to other people to get the tier where they get their own character because it's 100%. It's fucking <laughs> awesome. Right? Like you might actually even get to take pictures with uh, Sir Kyle Hunter, man, if we meet up. Like we can just anytime, any place, man. That's awesome. That's so cool. I also think that, and maybe you guys can speak to this because you guys are also um, gamers. Um, in the early, well, late 19s, early 2000s, right? The best thing about video games was like create a character because it, again, you could see yourself. And then maybe 10 years progressed and, and uh, online gaming obviously took over and blew up. What I see here and I don't know if it's intentional, but I hope it is, is that the next evolution of that, where you have online communicative gaming that is also ethnically, racially, you know, everything inclusive, was that was that purposeful um, in terms of the evolution of, of gaming itself? Hmm. I would say yes and no, uh, partially because, you know, this is a product of the pandemic. This is born because we were at home and whatever. Uh, the the games that the test games that I've led, I've done forty five sessions with one group and thirteen with the other, and none of that has been in person. A thousand percent of that has been over Google Meet. So the tools, the digitalization, the the creating for me, I'm creating battle maps in Photoshop and making each token a different layer. So I can slide it around the thing and have it fight. You know, if I need to, I'm like, oh, I need to do a fireball. Okay, circle tool, fill in with red. Okay, good. Off to go. Uh, and I'm, I'm improvising this stuff in a lot of ways that creates something that you know, if if I was playing in person, I would be like, all right, let me get out a, a actual ruler and try to measure these squares and figure out the radius, or because you know, not everybody's Matt Mercer with all the circles for the radiuses already cut and ready to go. So. <laughs> 
Uh, there's definitely an intent for that to democratize this and to make it more available to many people. Um, you know, not that I'm against the idea of digital dice, but like most of the people, uh, uh, most of the people in the game, they're using the dice roller that you hit when you put into Google. That's what, how they're rolling the dice because, you know, they can't get to a gaming store because some of them have either compromised situations or whatever. That shouldn't be a barrier to play. Everybody should be able to play. And that's my perspective. If I could add to it, to it actually from a video game perspective as well, like it's only very, very like couple of years recently that you are able to play a black or brown character in a choose your own, create your own character and get more than one hairstyle if you're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> like it's really recent that they've started doing that. So I feel like in that way, this is a step towards that to see people with hairstyles and skin colors and stuff that you don't see even in a character creation game. You don't get that option a lot of the time. So this may be way too soon to ask us because you still have 22 days left of the campaign. Um, but is there a follow-up? Is, is there is there something that comes <laughs> after? <laughs> really? No. No, the spoiler question? <laughs> you got to put everything into this one. Let me, right. let me look at Lori's list of things that I'm not allowed Hold to on. talk to. Now that it's just us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, you can you can talk about this. This is fine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which, which okay. thing? Which 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 of the many things is okay? You know what? Oh, I'm gonna not well, interrupt. I as a, I'm a gigantic continuity canon lore nerd. That's like where I live, and I'm writing the book and I'm writing the encounters, which you know play. You know, and I'm like, well, I can't say that because if I say that, then they like, won't see this thing coming in. And my brain is like, it feels like the dungeon master would benefit from some of this information that the players shouldn't necessarily have. So. I kind of want to do a Dungeon Master's Guide where I spill all the hot, spicy tea about what really happened, why the Sundering happened, who did it, what happened. I can say all that in the Dungeon Master's Guide, whereas you probably shouldn't say that in the regular campaign setting book, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I can get my full Tom Holland on if I do that and just write this book where I just spill out everything. Uh, and that's... Originally, we had that as one of the stretch goals, but we were looking at it like, is this a book? Is this a whole other book? I think it's another book. And also, and I said this uh, uh, recently as well, I covered the entire nation in this book. But there's, I mean, there's a whole story behind the Proving Grounds about how these giants came to, the storm giants came to rule this place and say, this is a place for melee combat between everybody. Any, only the strong survive. And that they got a god that took take his eye away from it. There's a whole story, you know, each region of the nation could be a campaign setting almost unto itself and i'm fully capable of making those books and Lori seems to like me so uh, <laughs> damien certainly wants more stuff to do so i mean <laughs> i can crank out six more books if y'all want to keep funding it i'm just saying yeah hannibal and i were having a meeting uh, a couple of weeks ago and like i knew a bunch of the material he had but he was like actually so i've written like since we last talked, I've written like 25 more <laughs> chapters. I just wanted you to know. And also, and he sent me just this list of chapters and adventures and editions. And I was like, we need to 
cut this down <laughs> so that it fits in one book. And then we need to talk about making additional books after that. Or this is going to be a thousand pages <laughs> and weigh eight pounds. <laughs> so. And we're not even talking about other alternate media. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's before I even get to the pro stories I started writing or the comic books. Oh, oh I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm sorry, that's, that's on the list. I'm not supposed to say that. <laughs> Oops, my bad. I figure they figured that out by now, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If they didn't, they weren't watching. <laughs> my bad. So that's that's really cool. So we have this whole world. This is an introduction where people can go and really explore it with themselves, but it's just the tip of the iceberg, really, that of what you guys have planned. I mean, <laughs> well, and the other thing is, you know, no, no plans to survive first contact with the enemy. So be like, we should do this. Oh, look at this. We should do, oh, look, it just, it's not. And then you get creative people talking together and that mm -hmm. gets, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, like we've got an incredibly talented actor and stuntman and writer and creator in Damien. The idea of not having him go and sword some, I mean, axe, chop something down with an axe and then kick it in the face, it's almost like a missed opportunity. We kind of have criminal, to do it right. at some point. Exactly. I nominate he chopped down Brian. What? what, what? <laughs> I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm definitely down because that sounds cool, right? But at the same time, I'm like, what? Why? Why? What you well, I, I guess we do this traditional superhero, you know, we meet up, we do a little sparring, and then it's like, oh, wait, you're cool? Yeah, I'm cool too. I don't know why we. Randomly <laughs> just because we saw each other and we should be friends and go fight the big thing that's actually causing the problems now that we've right. 15 city blocks. I'm all about it. <laughs> I'm all about it. <laughs> Brian, you got any final questions for us here? Uh, no, you know what? Again, this is a project that I love and I'm super, super proud to be a part of. Uh, but I'm also proud that the representation is getting out there. Um, and I'm glad that you guys uh, in particular understand that and understand the gravity of it. So I don't necessarily have a question. I just want to say it's really damn cool. And uh, I'm going to start getting my swords smithed up because uh, <laughs> I got a date with the duel. You know, Damien's coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> so for, uh, four stretch goals already unlocked on the campaign. More stretch goals in the works or have everybody already maxed it out? <laughs> I'm a, I'm, let me look at my list here. Hang on. What can I talk about? Um, I I don't. I feel like we could talk about the upcoming one since like I'm. I just need to make graphics for it. Um, it's super freaking exciting, and I guess I'll let I'll let Damien and Hannibal talk about it. Are we gonna do an exclusive announcement right here, nowhere else? Is that what we're finna do? Is that what we're doing? Yeah, it's, if you guys are up for it. Uh, Damien, go. This is it's your announcement. Come on. But yeah, um, I don't. Anybody who follows me on the social media, especially like the streaming space, knows I have a kind of, you know, a guy I kind of know that uh, might do one or two things in the in the D and D streaming world. And um, yeah, so I was like, hey, buddy, pal, friend, um. <laughs> You, you've been doing quite a bit in this world, and I have not been able to circle back into it. But you're doing, yeah, all of it. And, um, yeah, I want to I do some more in it. So I'm, I'm going to wedge our friendship into forcing you. <laughs> 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 because 
we're close enough for me to be like, you're doing this thing. And he was like, what, what thing? And I was like, this thing I'm doing. He's like, oh, that thing looks awesome. And I was like, yeah, so you're doing it. He's like, I am. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, what am I doing? I said, the thing. <laughs> you lead, do the thing. Do my thing in, in the thing. And I'm like, yes, for limited. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. How much of my thing am I doing here? Because, you know, my thing. And I'm like, well, you just going to do a little bit of your thing with people who want to do the thing with you. Or like you to do the thing with them. And we'll keep it small and, and, and easy for now. <laughs> the thing gets crazy. There'll be more things. Well, you're really not going to just say it. You're really not just going to say it? Is that what, you going to put this on me? I have to do it? Yeah. <laughs> B. Dave Walters will be doing a one shot. That's the <laughs> that's the that's the, the the thing that's coming that's out. If, if it can be unlocked, uh, that is coming up, and that is uh, this has never been announced anywhere before, and you are the first place to hear this. And and yeah, so, wow, that's so cool. Yeah. So so what what level are we thinking on that? Do you have that figured out? Uh, if you don't, that's fine. So he's. So the stretch goal is going to be at 30K. Okay. Uh, when we hit 30K, we are going to add in a tier. Because um, he's not just doing a one-shot. He's doing a one-shot and there's guest spots. So oh. we are offering a spot in his game for that one-shot. Very cool. They would be playing alongside this gentleman right here, Mr. Poitier. Is that not correct, Lori? What was that? They, they would be playing alongside our good friend Damien here, right? In this, right? That's up to Damien. I, 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 that wasn't. It can be arranged. I would, I would be in. You know, if it can be, be there. But you know, my time is. Uh... <laughs> I'm trying to be right now. <laughs> ridiculous. I don't, I don't know when I'm supposed to be. I don't know when I am. Usually, most times of the day, it's like you have this thing, and I'm like, oh, I do. And they're like, hey, oh, I should. Okay, I should. We should move. Yeah, I get very accurate when it comes to scheduling. <laughs> Someone has to tell me where I'm supposed to be. So if it can be worked out, I'll come play. If not, I'm pretty sure he'll take care of you. That's awesome. That's so cool. So 30K, that gets released. Guys, um, I've dropped the link again in the in the comment section. We'll put in the show notes for the podcast version of the show. Um, so if 22 days left, there's still plenty of time to back this thing. There's still plenty of time to hit that 30K stretch goal. Um, when you guys first launched and I saw it coming up, I, I told Brian, I said, you know, I think they're going to hit at least 25K. And he went, oh, conservatively. Um, <laughs> and I was like, okay. And holy shit. Um <laughs> <laughs> here we are 25k plus um and you guys are still while we've been on the stream you, you've had at least three new backers um just just in the last hour so i mean it's still just going strong and this is amazing um there's really a moment in our culture where DD is finally getting its due i feel like um and among everybody everybody's welcome at the at the table and i think that's so cool um, and we're providing, you know, more places where everybody can feel welcome. <laughs> because I know everybody at the table, but if you look around, not a whole lot of places where people yeah. can, yeah. And so, yeah. Let's build. build a, let this be the beginning of building more of those spaces. Let's let's blow this whole thing over. I want I want it to be to the level where it's, you know, where we we don't even think about it anymore. It's just a thing that happens. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be an event. I don't want this to be a special thing. Uh, you know. I just, I just want to be an actor. I just want to be a creator, you know. And we got a long way <laughs> to go before that can be 
you know, evidenced in our culture. But I want things to be just ubiquitous, as ubiquitous as they were promised to us as children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in the meantime, Damien has a line that I've been I've been cribbing a lot. We just in the meantime, we're gonna put some color in the campaign. We're gonna. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Lori, tell people where they can follow uh, Unlikely Hero Studios and learn more about the campaign. Uh, if you want to back the campaign or check it out, it's just uhstudios.com slash kick it to the number two. Um, our website is just uhstudios.com. Uh, if you want to find us on Twitter, we're at uhstudios, Instagram at uhstudiosofficial, Facebook, we're at uhstudios. We're pretty easy to find for the most part. Um, and you can check out the campaign and all the other stuff that we're working on. Awesome. Hannibal, tell people where they can find you and follow you and see all your various works. Yes, sir. Thank you. You can find me using at sign Hannibal Taboo. That's H-A-N-N-I, B as in bounce, A-L. T as in tough, A, B as in bounce, U. That's on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Tumblr, an arcane rune in your backyard and everywhere that you'd like to be. <laughs> Damien, follow that up. Tell people how they can follow you and see your body of work. At Damien Poitier. <laughs> Everywhere. No Everywhere. arcane runes. No. Okay. Okay. Cool. I don't know my name, any social, whatever. And if I'm not there, let me know on one of the other ones. <laughs> Damien is the easiest to find. He's, yeah. You know, He's I don't close I answer all my messages personally. I'm not, you know, as long as I can do it, I will. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty easy to find in contact. Uh, think about what you ask for. You ask. I always uh, <laughs> give that little hint. You know, some people come at me a little hard, a little fast. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, I have been uh, <laughs> Nice to meet you. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, well, let's 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 have a conversation before we ask for things. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> but I'm easy to find, easy to approach, and you know, I'll let you know if you you, you step in it awesome. politely. Very time. good. That's good. That's good. Guys, Damien, Hannibal, uh, Lori, thank you guys for being here tonight. Brian, always a pleasure to have you here, but you're here every week, so I know nice. say it. Can't so. get rid of me. <laughs> guys, if you're out there watching this, the link is in the comment section podcast version. It's in the show notes. Go back the campaign. You won't be the first. You probably won't be the last because 330 other people think it's as awesome as you do. Go back it. Help meet these stretch goals and help continue to build this universe and this world. Really cool campaign, guys. Really cool product. Um, thank you for being on the show tonight. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank, thank you so you. much. No problem. And everybody out there, Brian and I will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. Why are you still listening? It's the end of the podcast. But since you listened to the whole thing, since you're still here at the end, as this podcast ends, as you exit out of the episode, why don't you give us a rating? And if you're not following or subscribing to us yet, go ahead and do that too. As I said at the beginning of the show, it helps a lot and you'll be doing the dispatch a big favor.